0: Hey, my name's Helen, and you're listening to the Love Mondays Club podcast. If you're a fellow tutor, trainer, or coach, then welcome, you're in the right place. Whether you're looking to start, grow, or expand your online services, this podcast is for you. My goal is to help you build your business, earn more money, and have more fun in this messy muddle we call entrepreneurship. Every Monday, I'm going to be sharing practical tips to help you accelerate your business. From marketing to mindset to money, we'll cover it all. So if you're ready, let's dive in. hello and welcome to another episode of the love Mondays club podcast so today I am super excited to welcome a guest onto the show so Anita has an amazing backstory of how she sort of started her own business where she's found herself in the world and she is also an expert on SEO and Pinterest which I know for lots of us listening this might be a bit of a dark art something we feel like we don't know too much about and I definitely sit in that camp as well so I'm really looking forward to today's episode and learning loads more about it. So without further ado, welcome Anita. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi
1: everyone. So I am Anita. Thank you very much for having me first of all. And I guess where do I start? Honestly, I feel like <laughs> when someone asks me this question, like tell me your introduction, I'm like, okay, let me try and like put it in a 30 second bundle, you know? <laughs> short version Um, of the half an hour episode version so I guess my my journey to business started when I was 19 years old and I started a a lifestyle blog and I was doing like DIY and you know that kind of like lifestyle stuff but then I decided that I want to get the heck out of New Zealand and I booked a one-way ticket to London (laughs) And so my DIY lifestyle blog was not going to work anymore. There's no way that I could do DIY on the road. And so I turned my blog into a travel blog and I started to give tips mostly around budget travel because I didn't have a lot of money at that time. And so, yeah, I was like creating these travel guides and it really took off. People loved my writing, the tips that I was giving and practical guides Suddenly, you know, well, not really suddenly, but over the course of, I'm going to say like five years, my travel blog grew quite a lot. I started to get noticed by brands and tourism boards for countries um, and started to be invited on these all expenses paid trips, which was incredible. And I got flown around the world just to experience a destination and write about it which was just such a dream job. And so I was traveling full-time around the world, doing all of these jobs, going to different hotels and destinations and writing about it. And then I think it was in 2017, I was burnt out. I was like, I, I just cannot full-time travel anymore, and try to grow this travel blogging business. Mm. And I decided that I wanted to find somewhere to kind of have a home base. And I came across Albania, which is where I am today. I've been here for the last five years. Um, and I started to write about Albania, my travel Blog grew anymore and then I wanted to kind of delve into the coaching space and then in 2019 I started my coaching business and I started to teach bloggers and business owners how to grow their business with a blog using blog SEO, but also Pinterest. And so I have two businesses. I have my travel blogging business that I still do today, but also this coaching business where I get to connect with other business owners who want to learn how to bring organic traffic on autopilot to their business.
0: And so that's my little story. Amazing. Thank you so much. I bet like I'm sat here listening to you, I bet everyone listening to this episode is like, oh my God, that is literally the dream job, you know, being paid, (laughs) all expenses paid, traveling around the world, you know. But you know, I hear you. I, I got to travel a little bit with work and... I don't know, the the hotel lifestyle, it's like Mm -hmm. the novelty wears off after a little while, doesn't it? Like Oh yeah, it really does. Like you just sometimes urge to have a place where you can
1: unpack your bags and just have like even a drawer to put your things in. It's just that homely feeling you really miss when you're traveling all of the time. I mean, I love traveling, but these Mm -hmm. days I really love to have a home base and do those kind of shorter trips. Um, And that's just the way that I like to travel these days.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Thing is, I could never unpack in hotels because I could just never trust myself. Like, I was always in such a rush, always moving from place to place. I was like, I did once leave my passport in a locker. It was very dramatic. (laughs) After that, I was like, I just can't unpack. And then when you're living out your suitcase, it's just like, yeah, I just want to sit down and have a nice cup of tea and, like you say, hang things up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But of course, like you say, there are amazing perks to it as well. So it sounds like you've got a great balance now. Yeah. Okay, so we could literally probably spend a whole episode now talking about traveling and working. And honestly, I might get you back to do that another day. But today, all about SEO. So mm-hmm. I think a really interesting thing you mentioned there is about blogging. Now, mm-hmm. I think that blogging these days, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's got a bit of a bad rap. I feel like mm-hmm. people see it as a bit of a old school, you know, the old WordPress websites, you know, like writing a blog on there. So, you know, to coin the cheesy phrase, is blogging dead or is it still something that works? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. You
1: are not wrong there. So I'm always having these conversations and trying to tell people the power of blogging because I mean, blogging has changed so much over Mm. the years. I mean, when blogging first started, I think it was back in the nineties, it was more of like, this diary entry, people were just Mm. kind of documenting their days and their weeks and what they were up to and maybe sharing some tips and things like that. But these days, blog marketing has turned into this incredible way to bring people to your website. And a lot of people these days are turning to Google to ask questions and to find more information on different topics. And what you can do is you can create blog articles that show up in front of those people who are asking those questions. And you can say, Hey, like I know the answer to this. Here's the blog post. um, And here's this amazing piece of value and also, mm. I have coaching, courses, an email list, social media, podcasts, mm. right? And so you're you're getting in front of people who are typing into Google. Mm-hmm. a uh, They want to know a solution or an, an answer to their question. And then you're providing a solution and you're telling them what to do next. And you're introducing them to your business, to um, a new person who has never heard of you before. So I definitely think that... Blogging is not dead. <laughs> um, and I can, I can tell you that as a fact, I was screenshotting my results from last month, and last month I brought nearly 50,000 people to my website using wow. Google SEO and a little bit of Pinterest. So,
0: Amazing. yeah, that's the proof. <laughs> Amazing. That is so cool. I mean, you know, if we were talking about those sorts of numbers on social media mm. and and it was organic, you know, and it was like, you know, like basically warm leads coming in who know, you know, it's not just an algorithm pushing it to random people. Like mm-hmm. that would be incredible. Like you'd normally be paying for that sort of result, wouldn't you? So oh. 100%, I think this is something that we should all be thinking about, considering So how do you go about doing it? Like if I was somebody who'd never written a blog, don't really sort of understand how it works, what would be your advice for that?
1: Yeah. So the first thing that you want to basically find out is what is your ideal client or customer going to Google for? Like what are they typing in? What kind of keywords, what kind of sentences, what kind of questions? Because once you know that information, then you know exactly what to write about to show up in front of them. So I think one of the biggest mistakes that um, business make when it comes to blogging is just going ahead and writing about anything and everything. But you want to be really strategic about it. You want to find out beforehand, what are those key words that people are typing into the search engine Because then what you can do, and once you know that information, you can then create incredible pieces of content that show up in front of those people. So Mm. I think, you know, the the most important thing is starting with SEO. And Mm. I know that can be quite daunting for some people. (laughs) But let me tell you, it doesn't have to be so complicated, right? Mm. Just think of your ideal client or customer. They're on their computer. They're on Google. What do you think they are typing in? What kind of questions, right? And you can also take note of any questions and um, comments that people are leaving, maybe inside of your courses or your programs, like what kind of questions are they asking? Because most likely other people are asking those questions on Google. So mm.
0: start with their CEO. <laughs> amazing yeah and do you know what that that really taps into like something so we've we've talked about on this podcast before about like communities and groups and things like that and i often say to my Mm. clients like if you ever set up a facebook group one of the best sort of entry questions to have is what do you want help with? And like that right there is your content for everything, isn't it? So that 100% applies to this. So just in case, you know, some of the listeners are totally brand new to this, like what is SEO? Yes. So let
1: me break it down. (laughs) (laughs) SEO stands for search engine optimization. And so what you can do is you can use certain techniques to optimize the content that you are creating so that it shows up in front of those people who are typing in keywords. So it all starts with, you know, your ideal client or customer going to Google and typing in a word. So for example, let's say that they type in best business tips, right? And so they type that in, they hit enter, and then what is shown to them is a bunch of different results. And a lot of those results, I mean, a majority of them are blog posts. And so what you want to do is you want to take that Keyword, it's called best business tips, and you want to add that keyword and create a blog post around it. So, for example, you would create a blog post, maybe it's like 10 best business tips, right? And then you are, you know, creating the blog post and you're making sure that you are adding in that keyword throughout. And so, SEO is basically you you want to find out what your ideal customer and client is typing in, and then you're using that information within your blog posts. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, totally. So I think that that's the kind of understanding piece around it, isn't it? That basically a blog post is essentially like a web page on your website, isn't it? That's my sort of understanding of how, like you say, it shows up in Google. Absolutely.
1: And you can optimize so many different things. It's not just blog posts. You can optimize your sales pages. You can optimize your About Me page, your homepage, your overall
0: website. Yeah, the blog posts are the sort of main content you're putting out there. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So in terms of keywords as well, well, how do people go about finding keywords? So there is
1: a bunch of different ways that you can do this. And I think the best place to start is on Google itself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what you want to do, you want to try and think of a a keyword that maybe they could be typing in. So let's go back to the best business tips. So -hmm. you'll type that into Google and you'll hit enter, and then you'll actually see some keywords that pop underneath that keyword that you've just typed in. And this is what Google suggests, like other keywords that people are (laughs) typing in. So you can take that information and you can put that in like a little Google Doc or a spreadsheet or something like that. And then what you can also do, you'll scroll down a little bit And Google has this section called People Also Ask. And Mm -hmm. this is a bunch of different questions that people are asking around the keyword that you've just typed in. Then Google gives us even more information. If you scroll right down to the bottom of the page, there's also a Related Searches. And there you'll find more keywords. So my suggestion is always to start with Google And do some, it's called keyword research. It's basically when you're just researching to find out what those keywords are. And I wouldn't say stop there because with SEO, it's really important to obviously use keywords, but you want to use the right keywords, because you can optimize for a keyword that's not searched at all or search for a very minimal amount. And Mm -hmm. so what you want to do, you want to take those keywords that you've done a little bit of research around and actually go to a keyword tool. Mm -hmm. So the keyword tool that I use is called KeySearch, and it actually tells you the number of times that keyword is searched for per month. And so this can give you a really good indication as to if you even should create a blog post around that topic. Like if the keyword is searched for 10 times per month, you've got to ask yourself, is that really worth my time creating a content around, you know, that keyword? So um, you want to find a keyword that is searched for, you know, a good amount per month. um, And also, Key search tells you how competitive that keyword is. And that's really important as well because you don't want to go for a keyword that is super just competitive there's lots of other bigger websites that have already written on this topic and you're never going to rank for it so you want to find these low competition keywords it's called and you can use a keyword research tool to find that information but start with google finish with an actual uh, keyword tool and that will help you uh, actually optimize your blog posts properly
0: Does this Mm. then kind of beg the question of like, or kind of raise the point of why it's important as well in your business to have like a clear niche of who you're working with? Because I think like, like you say, that best business tips, like you're not going to beat Forbes, like if they've got articles and things like that on there, like (laughs) you're a minnow in a very big ocean in that situation. So Mm. does this kind of then relate to like the whole niching side of your business? Yes, absolutely. You're totally right. You are probably never going to rank
1: for best business tips. (laughs) I'm going to be real. So you do want to find those keywords that are searched for, obviously, a good amount per month, but are not so competitive. And Mm. this is why the the keyword research phase is really important because Mm. you don't want to go for a keyword that, you know, even Facebook might be ranking for. You're never gonna outrank Facebook. So you mm. wanna try that like find those those other search terms. And because mm-hmm. there's also more than one way to say something, right? Yeah. And so it might not be best business tips, but maybe it's best business tips for coaches or mm-hmm. best business tips for podcasters. Right. Mm. And so you're being a little bit more specific and having a niche and having just kind of like a a
0: point of difference will really help you find some great keywords for sure. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, something I always say to people like my clients who I work with is like, always think about your behavior in these situations. You know, like Mm. if you were looking for a recipe, you wouldn't just type in cake recipe. Like, you'd be pretty specific about what you're looking for, wouldn't you? So this this is it, isn't it? Like, Google is always trying to serve and give you exactly what you want. So it makes sense, you know, the more... I think as well, like, a lot of people listening to this podcast, they're tutors or in the education world and things like that. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, I think, like our students and our clients are always searching for specific types of tutors specific subjects so it's really interesting yeah and I think as well like the biggest thing like I've taken away from all of this is the kind of scope like you say like how many people you can attract and bring into your website does this mean though because I think some people might be thinking this is amazing no more social media (laughs) (laughs) I can do this all through Google is that the case what would you say to that yeah,
1: so okay, me and social media have a love-hate relationship. I'm sure like a lot of other business owners out there, but I do think that social media is great and it does have its its reason, right? So for me, I don't use social media to reach new people. That's not my goal anymore. I use Google and I use Pinterest to reach those new people and get in front of you know new people, new clients, new customers. I think of Instagram and TikTok and their social media platforms more of a, a nurturing place. So it's building those relationships for people who already follow you. Or if t- someone does find my website, they do read my blog post. They follow me on Instagram. It's more of like a nurturing place. I'm just like chatting with them, building that relationship, right? So mm. I think that social media is great for relationship building, um, for communication, Whereas Mm -hmm. with... So with search engine traffic, you're getting in front of new people, you're reaching new people, but it's, it's very hard to create that kind of relationship. So I do think social media has its place. I definitely think if you use SEO and you use Pinterest, you can use it a little bit less and not rely on it so much. Yeah. But I don't necessarily subscribe to, you know, delete social media altogether. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it is very useful and it has its place.
0: No, I think I totally agree with you. I think that so many people on social media as well now, like they're savvy. then they they don't want to be sold to. like people don't want to follow accounts that are always pushing stuff on them like that. So it is that nurturing environment. And like so much of our sales, goes on behind the scenes doesn't it that's what your email marketing does that's what you do in your direct messages things like that so it's kind of you can you can see can't you a really clear like sort of funnel and, and customer journey really that people are going on here from like google to your social media to that kind of interaction then through to the sales and things at the end
1: yeah definitely i mean think of google and pinterest as they're bringing new people to your website from your website, you need to make sure that you have ways to work with you. Um, you have your social media, you have your email list, you have your podcast, right? I guess, Pinterest and, and, and search engine traffic is like the start of the funnel process. You're funneling those people into your website and from there they take action. So, I mean, that's another a piece of the, the puzzle that's really important in terms of SEO is making sure that your website is actually going to convert, like telling people what to do next. Yeah. So if someone lands on your blog post, like where are they going next? Are they reading another blog post? Are they signing up to your email list? And they're checking you out on Instagram, so...
0: Yeah, that's another really important thing to have in place and think about. Amazing. So you've you've mentioned Pinterest actually a couple of times. So again, I think that's a really interesting one. I I mean, from my own sort of behavior, I know, for me, Pinterest has always been food recipes, house decor, you know, houses that are four times the size of my actual house. So it's more of a vision board (laughs) than anything, than a reality. (laughs) Maybe a wedding board, I don't know, all those sorts of things. So I never really treated Pinterest as anything for business. But That has started to change recently. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you think Pinterest is appropriate for all businesses or just maybe more visual ones, product ones? What do you think? Pinterest has grown a lot over the last...
1: Five years, I mean, it has, it really has changed the game. What's really interesting and what will give you a really good indication as to if you should get your business on Pinterest is that Pinterest has been spending a lot of time and money and resources creating or turning Pinterest into this incredible shopping platform because Pinterest users are shoppers, they invest, they buy things, right? And so I think if you have a business, You should definitely be on Pinterest. It's it's not anymore just for food bloggers, for winning inspiration, although, you know, it still is like I still, you know, go and find recipes and things like that. However, um, there are a bunch of different niches and categories that are hopping on Pinterest and seeing great results. And that's because the platform is evolving, right? People go to Pinterest for a bunch of different reasons now. And that is to learn about business. It's to learn about email marketing. It's to learn about SEO and blogging and all of that. And so it definitely has evolved a lot and it's a great opportunity to show up again in front of your ideal clients and customers. And if you do want to check just to make sure that your customers are actually on Pinterest, you can go to Pinterest, go to the search bar and start typing in a keyword. So like I said, like with best business tips, type that keyword in and see what pops up. And I guarantee you, you'll be surprised at the amount of content on there around, you know, business and education and all of that good stuff. So it definitely has grown a lot and
0: it's a really great opportunity to show up in front of even more people. 100%. And I think like Pinterest just has that beauty and attraction, doesn't it? Of it being a very like visual search engine, which I think is is a nice thing. And like I, I, like you say, I think the tides are turning with Pinterest. Like I am starting to see more video content, a bit more. Than, you know, they've changed the different types of pins, haven't they? But yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I get a bit, you know, with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like the thirty-second quick videos. Like I always call it. It's it my you know, my partner call it getting stuck in a scroll hole. You know, and it's like we sucked into these videos. But so I think what I like about Pinterest is that it still has those kind of, you know, static images, and it's all. I don't know. It's it can be a bit lot slower pace which I think sometimes people appreciate because you can absorb it a little bit more yeah definitely it's it's a visual search engine
1: at the end of the day so you know if you like pretty pictures and cute graphics and things like that it's the place to be like I I personally love actually scrolling on Pinterest I think it's really interesting I find some really great content on there and so for me personally I use it for a bunch of different reasons not just food recipes anymore it's to learn about something, it's to be inspired, it's to get new ideas, mm. um, and it's to learn something. So, yeah, it is a really great platform, super powerful. And a little fun fact, I get 61 times more traffic from Pinterest than I do with Instagram. Oh, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, when you start hearing these things, it's just like such a no-brainer, isn't it, to, to, yeah. to be considering trying it in your business. So a couple of questions then about blogs that I think people would like to mm. know is, like, is there an optimum length for blogs? Because I think that's something that, and again, I say other people, myself, sometimes feel like, you know, oh my God, am I about to start, you know, write, sit down and write another dissertation here? Like, do I have the time and the energy for this? <laughs> so is there, do you find there's like an optimum kind of length for these things? So yes and no yeah, <laughs> is the answer. So it really depends on your
1: niche and how competitive it is. Mm. Um, the number one thing, thing that you want to make sure is that you provide value mm-hmm. so I recently did a, a boot camp. It was called Podcast to Blog Boot Camp. And I was teaching podcasters about how to repurpose their podcast to a blog post. And I was mentioning how podcasters, you do the, the show notes on your website. And normally they're quite short, they're just a description and a few bullet points. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that is probably never going to rank on Google. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that when you are creating a blog post, whether that's from a podcast episode or whether that's from scratch, you're providing value and you're answering all of the questions that someone might have around that topic. Mm -hmm. So my blog posts, they can vary from 800 words. And I have some blog posts that are like 4,000 words. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it really varies on, you know, the niche and the subject and how competitive that keyword is. Um, And also you don't want to just be creating blog posts and filling up that word count just for the sake of it. You want to make sure that it's always value packed. And so, yeah, that's like number one is making sure that it's super valuable for your reader because that's yeah. going to be great for SEO, great for your reader. So, yeah, yeah, it really depends unfortunately mm. I don't have a straight answer for that
0: <laughs> uh, I thought that would be the case and what about for example so like you know there's lots of things now that says on social media that you shouldn't edit posts because it does something to the algorithm they don't like it if you do that is that the same with blogs so if I went and edited a blog that I had done maybe I don't know like a year ago is that going to impact on the SEO the rankings what, what will happen with it it's going to improve your SEO. Okay.
1: If you update it, it will improve it. Think of a blog post as a an evergreen resource. It's a piece of content that is timeless and that you can go in and edit again and again and again. So to give you like a couple of examples of this, on my travel blog, I have a bunch of different travel guides about Albania, where I live now, Mm -hmm. and the information is always changing, right? It's a a country that's developing very fast. And so I make sure that every single year, sometimes it's every six months, to be honest, I am going in and updating those travel blog posts to actually give people Mm -hmm. more value and make sure that that information is up to date. And Mm -hmm. that helps Google to know that my blog post is like the number one most valuable blog post because I'm actively going in there and updating the information. So what I would recommend is to never just publish a blog post and leave it for Mm -hmm. years to come. Actually make an effort to go into that blog post and ask yourself, can I add in another paragraph answering a question around this topic that I've, you know, found or can I update the information because that is really going to help with your SEO? Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, I have someone on my team now who updates four blog posts per week for me. And I'm putting actually much more focus on updating than I am creating new blog posts. So think of blog posts as this timeless resource that you should definitely update um, again and again if you can.
0: That is like, oh, yeah, I think it's going to be music to so many people's ears about this idea Mm -hmm. of like the longevity of it. Because like we say, like on social media... How long are things there for? Couple of hours, couple of days, (laughs) like if you're lucky. And it is, you know, so many people come to me and they say, you know, like social media is exhausting. You feel like you're like a content machine, sort of pumping stuff out all the time. So Mm -hmm. what I'm kind of interpreting from from what you're saying is that, like with the blogging, it's not about pumping stuff out on a daily basis, but more it's that it's that quality rather than quantity, and that's going to get you the results.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You definitely want quality blog posts, especially if Mm -hmm. you are starting out, you want quantity at the start. So maybe it's like once a week, right? But once you have this really great bank of content, you have such a great opportunity to go in and update that content. And just to give you an example of like the impact of what updating can do. So I had a blog post that was on page two of Google mm-hmm. and no one goes to page two of Google. Like it's like dead space, you know, like yeah. how often <laughs> do you go to page two, you just go to page one. Right. And so if you're ranking for page two, I mean, that's, that's great, but you need to get on page one. So what I did is I went and updated that blog post and I, just changed the title of the blog post slightly. I added in another like juicier word and that started ranking on page one and it started to bring in those page views. And speaking of longevity, so one of my blog posts I published in 2016 I think. It took me three hours to write and in the last 12 months, it's brought me nearly 30,000 page views. So that, yeah, that just tells you like the longevity and the updating can really do wonders for your SEO and for traffic. And it allows me to become visible
0: 24-7, which I love. Amazing. And I think as well, like especially like when, you're, when we're in this online space and we start talking about numbers, like... I don't know they all start to blur a little bit don't they but like if you put 30,000 people you couldn't even do it in a room like in a small stadium you know that is so many people with eyes on your content it's incredible isn't it yeah oh, absolutely yeah when you think <laughs> of like all those people standing in
1: front of you, listening to what you're
0: saying, like yeah. I would freak out. I would run off stage. So it is <laughs> this this online business, like podcasting as well. Because I know you've recently started your own podcast. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah. I'm always I I love it when people reach out to me on social media and like say, oh, I've listened to your podcast because like, you know I want to know who are these people. Like it blows your mind. You think they're walking down the beach, walking the dog, you know, listening to you. It's um, <laughs> yeah. it's a funny old world, isn't it? Okay. Before we finish, I have one more question. I have to ask. Ask you. In the most recent, you know, at the time of this recording in the past six months year, there has been so much stuff about AI and all these mm. chat things that can write things for you. <laughs> so, And I think a lot of people see this as like, oh, well, blogging, you know, I can, you know, start pumping it out on a daily basis. And I've played around with it. And I was so impressed with the like level of writing like it wasn't my voice but I was still like oh this is publishable so what are your thoughts on that oh I have thoughts I have lots of thoughts (laughs) here comes another half an hour guys
1: (laughs) so okay I definitely think that AI is a great tool however it cannot take over the complete writing of a blog post. So I have definitely tested things out with AI, creating blog posts and seeing if they rank. They don't. If you Mm -hmm. just copy and paste the the post, it will will not rank on Google. And actually Google has indicators. It can tell if that blog post is written just by AI and you're less likely to show up on page one of Google. So you need to be really careful when it comes to relying 100% on AI to write a blog post. However, it is a great tool. It could be a great kind of starter um, to maybe outline a blog post or to help with a little bit of the writing. But right now, it's just not there to be able to create a, a full blog post. And one of the things that is coming up with a lot of these AI is it's pulling information from the early 2000s. And so that means that a lot of the facts, a lot of the information is coming from like 20 years ago, which is, is not so great. So you just want to be really careful. You can use it as a tool, as a guide, but I wouldn't say fully rely on it.
0: Yeah, I tot- I I do totally agree with you. And and I think as well like I think it's that, I think, like you say, it's that whole thing of, because there's nothing worse than sitting there having that blank page in front of you thinking, where do I start? So that's what I found myself using AI for, just to kind of like get the brainwaves going a little bit, get in the zone. Nine times out of ten, you get into flow, don't you? Because I think, you know, for all of us, we're writing about our own businesses, what we love, what we're passionate about. Like, I'm sure we've all got plenty to say about it, but it's just that initial writer's block.
1: Right. Yeah. It can give you some really great ideas. I mean, you could even um, like I've played around with chat GPT and it can give you some really great ideas on terms of um, keywords, right? I mean, it's not like 100% don't rely on, on AI <laughs> to give you keywords. But if you are really stuck as to what your ideal customer or client might be typing in, Ask AI, be like, hey, what do you think my my customer or client is typing in about this topic? It will give you some ideas and then go to Google and actually double check that and then go to your SEO keyword research tool. So, I mean, it's great for those ideas. It's actually great for outlining. So giving you a sort of like a guide, I guess, so that will, it'll help you start to write, right? So yeah, it's a great guide. It's a great tool just not 100% there. I mean, who knows in the future where it might go. But yeah, I think we've got some, uh, some time.
0: (laughs) And you know what, I mean, I think I I remember a couple of probably even a couple of weeks ago, time goes so quickly, doesn't it? It's online space, things changing. But yeah, when when all that sort of chat stuff came out, and I remember sort of people saying, you know, this is the end of posts, all all of our news feeds are going to be filled with AI stuff. They're not. Mm. I don't think I've seen anything yet that makes me think it's AI because that's the whole thing isn't it if you're talking about yourself and being unique and personal like AI can't do that um, and that ultimately is what people are attracted to so right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, people buy from people at the end of the day.
1: And so, if you are creating a full blog post that is AI written, there's going to be no personality to that. Mm -hmm. And so, you want to make sure like you have your own kind of story mixed in within the blog post or give examples from your business. AI is not able to do that, it's just going to give you a very kind of generic blog post, right? So, you want to add some like personality to it for sure, because that's what people, that's how people buy. They buy from people. People, they buy from their kind of, like, personality and storytelling and examples and, and case studies. So, mm. yeah, it's really
0: important to uh, to have that personality in there. Definitely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Anita. Honestly, I have, like, a million more questions I could ask you. There's so much <laughs> we can talk about <laughs> <laughs> but we have come to the end of the episode so I would love to have you back in the future like I say talking all things traveling and working that would be amazing and I bet there's so much more you could share with us as well about Pinterest SEO so I'll look forward to that day but for now would you like to just let everybody know where they can find you um if you have any freebies for them that they will find helpful yeah, yeah. so you can come connect
1: with me on Instagram at Anita Hendrika also my my big travel blog is Anita Hendrika.com so if you want to see some examples of blog posts and see how to kind of format it to give you some ideas then you can go check that out but the best way to connect with me is through Instagram honestly you'll find different ways to to work with me and you can come chat with me and um, come connect with me and build relationships because that's what social media is for
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so so much. And yes, I'm sure we're all gonna be running off now doing keyword research and writing blogs. So I hopefully, like I say, you guys, if you're listening to this and you're inspired and you've written a blog, make sure you post it and tag us in it as well. We'd love to have a read and see what you've been up to. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. For more information and support from today's episode, head over to the show notes at lovemondaysclub.co.uk. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.